Todd Bowl. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Godwin scores the first of 2021. What a drive by Tom Brady of the Buccaneers. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Do what cable can't with Frontier Fiber Optic Internet. Visit Frontier.com to learn more. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access. I am so excited to be joined by wide receiver Cyril Grayson. Cyril, thanks for being with me. Thank you, Casey, for having me. Yeah, you get bonus points for doing this, even though you went down with an injury in the game. So I appreciate that. All the brownie points, all the bonus points for that. I know that that had to be tough because, man, you, I mean, talk about you've been rocking and rolling lately. Yeah, it was, it was rough to go down, especially as early as I did, especially with the playoffs coming up. It's just kind of... It sucks. Um, anytime you get injured, and then with all the injuries on the team as well, getting rolling, feeling good, and then you go down. But um, just kind of take it in stride, try to see what the diagnosis is, and rest, recover, and get back as fast as possible. That's the plan. And then see where we can go from there. Hopefully, we get back to the Super Bowl and maybe we'll be able to contribute. Yeah, we saw guys like Vita be able to come back even when they thought it wasn't a chance last year. The longer the team plays, the, the easier it gets to come back. So, And a, a, definitely a way to help accomplish that was them getting the two seed in the game. So tell me what that was like to realize that this is what the team had accomplished, what that was kind of like as everyone learned of it because it was such a weird scenario going down to watching these overtime games and, and not knowing what was going on. Yeah, they had a lot of... Um important games that were going on across the league. Crazy one, what, two LA teams were in the, um, what, overtime, but especially a San Francisco and Rams game that was important for our seeding. And I think that was one thing that kind of helped me try to forget about like being injured because we won and then we got the two seed and now you know, as long as we keep doing what we're doing and hopefully Green Bay messes up, we can stay in this beautiful sunny state um, <laughs> the rest of the way and we don't have to deal with the cold weather in Green Bay come NFC Championship. Absolutely. And how, how important was getting the two seed to everybody? How much was this a part of the messaging going into Sunday? I think, like, the message from coach, we're not resting anybody. Um, so I think that tells you how important it was. We weren't playing to possibly lose the game or as if the game didn't matter. It did matter to us um, so much and the seeding and we controlled what we can control and then the rest took care of itself. So excited to be number two. And it's crazy to realize that you guys didn't technically have a home playoff game. I mean, you technically played the Super Bowl at home. Um, but how different do you think it'll feel to be doing a playoff game at home this year? I think the the Bucks fans are turning out nicely in the stadium. I remember my first year when I got here, it wasn't always so full, um, but they pack out the place, they make a lot of noise. And with stadiums being full this year, I think that in the playoffs is gonna make such a big difference so I think having the playoff games at home and having our fans 
being able to be here and cheer us on and see what we're doing is going to be really exciting for the town, for the team, and it'll, it'll help us on that journey getting to Super Bowl. And now you guys finished 13-4, and four, which is the most regular season wins in franchise history. Despite all these injuries, COVID, all this stuff, why do you think this group of guys, why do you think this team was able to set that kind of a franchise mark despite dealing with stuff that has never been dealt with before? I think it just speaks to the character of the team. Um, in difficult situations, we seem to pull it together. Um, no matter how hard the or how backed up we are, how if we're down, the team just finds a way to pull on and guys step up when we need to step up. And I think it just speaks to who this team is. We go through adversity and that tells us exactly who we are. And I think although it's not as glamorous as going eight straight wins like last, the end of last year, um, we're getting it done. It's, we, we don't have to beat the crap out of anyone. I think as long as you put a W in that win column and check that off, that's all that matters. So um, I don't think there's a situation that we can't, can be put in that we can't overcome. We're talking to Cyril Grayson, and I know to start uh, the game on Sunday, not the start either side of the ball would have really wanted, but, I mean, yeah, the offense has the ball for just three plays and 94 seconds in the first quarter. What is that like to deal with as an offense, and, and what, what do you think led to that slower start? Um, it's, it's rough. I think we kind of got a bad habit right now of starting kind of slow. Um, hopefully we can get that together. It's rough when you don't get to get out there and you're sitting on the sideline for a long time. It's rough to go out there and just crank it up and just punch the gas sometimes. Um, sometimes, even though it's not cold out here in Florida, it's still nice to crank the car up and run it for a little while. <laughs> um, it runs better. Maybe you don't blow out the engine or something like that. but. Um, honestly, it's, it's rough when you're not on the field. Um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit to get it going. Um, and if it does, obviously it wasn't too, too long because the score was um, a good spread. Good, good outcome yeah, there. Yeah, good outcome. So it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yes, there you go. Um, and I know that uh, Scotty ended up getting himself a touchdown in the game. Tell me, uh, were you able to, to see that happen and, and what it was it like to see him get that? I caught the, like, the very end, him jumping into the end zone. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how did he score? Like, was it a pass? And then afterwards I saw that he ran it in a big run. Um, I was just super excited for Scotty. Um, I know it's not necessarily been the year that he planned on, but um, for every opportunity that he's got, he's just maximized it. And um, I'm, everybody in that room, I just want to see succeed. And when he scored that touchdown and how the crowd went crazy and my family said that his family was very excited. They were sitting right behind my family. Oh. Um, so it, it's good to see him get in the end zone and continue to keep that confidence up. That's cool. And uh, so, of course, you guys, known as the, the speed demons, the track guys, 
obviously pre-hamstring tweak. Yeah. Who's winning in a race, you versus Scotty? And is it different depending on the, the length of, of the race? Um, I'll always say that I'll win the race. I always <laughs> tell him. Which is fair because he says the same thing. So, yeah, yeah exactly. you guys are supposed to say yeah, that. We're yeah, we're supposed to say that. And, you know, I, I kind of say, all right, he's a fast guy too. Let's not say I'll beat him 10 out of 10 times. Okay. But I'm sure I'll probably get him 8 out of 10. <laughs> um, and the longer, the longer the race, the better it is for me. Okay. Um, but I think I can get him in anything past a 2. Past a, a two-yard two run. Now, <laughs> now, nah, nah, but I mean, every time I just see Scotty run, I never really get to watch myself run, so I don't understand what you how look fast like I am or what I look like. But it's it's like poetry when he's running. He's so fast. Um, he's moving like like lightning to me, and I'm like every time I I see him, I'm like, man, this guy is fast. You know, and like in my mind, I think like, there's no way I can be moving this fast when I run. Um, but is that kind of cool to realize what that does mean? You look, and do you not see the same thing on film when you guys are watching? Nah, yeah, then I see myself on yeah. film and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else gives the same reaction that I give to him about me. So um, I think it's cool. We. I don't think we ever should race, though. We don't need to find out who the winner it's is. It's always better for each of you to just think you yeah. win all of them. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's not know who the real winner is. We do talk about um, who who would be on our four by one team and Ooh. stuff like that. So, oh, well, tell me, this is great. Um, so if we, if it was receivers, I think right now, obviously, we gotta go me, Scotty, and Brashad, and then we'll have to figure it out between who's gonna run that other leg between Mike and. JD, who else? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's that'll probably be the be two the two teams and other two other guys or alternate. We'll see. If there was a four by one race against all NFL team wide receiver groups, where you guys think you'd end up ranking on that? We'll get on the podium. Okay. We'll get on the podium for sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, especially if we line it up right, I think. Running relays are really strategic, so mm. you got to know the track who to place. Coming yeah, out now. who to place where, right? <laughs> and if we if we place it right, I don't I don't see us losing. Um, the Chiefs have a a good team that they could put together with McCole mm -hmm. and um, Cheetah. Yeah, when you when you got a guy named Cheetah, I mean that is you yeah, know <laughs> he's, he's fast. Uh, I love it. So, and then you, you brought up Brashad Perriman, another incredibly fast guy, and he had a heck of a play with some with some toe drag swag in it Man. in the game. Yeah, tell me tell me what you thought of that play. That was that was awesome. A play that we needed um, right on time. I, big plays. I was, everybody in the room has big play um, potential, and it just takes the opportunity of getting that. And I think that's what he did. Time went his way and. He made it happen. He was focused. He caught the ball and he thought about his feet. So first you have to catch the ball and then you have to think about your feet. So um, very big play that led to a score. Um, so that was that was amazing. And Tom Brady, I mean, I just feel like every week there's just more things we're talking about, more records. But it's it's ridiculous. But 
Uh, this one, this one was a pretty big deal. He joins Drew Brees as the only players in NFL history with 5,000 plus passing yards in multiple seasons, and he's most single-season passing yards in franchise history. Broke his own career high for single-season passing yards, his own franchise single-season touchdown records. So it's like a lot of the things with Brady are just about the fact that he's played longer than anybody else. But then now he's breaking franchise records that are by anybody or breaking his own records at 44. When you're seeing these kind of stats, watching him do this, and getting a chance to just watch him at this age and what he's accomplishing, what is what is that like to be a part of? I mean, it's incredibly inspiring to see an old man. <laughs> nah, um, Would you see, be saying that if nah, he was I'm sitting just, here nah, right I'm now? Just, <laughs> nah, I'll mess with him if he was here. Um, but no, honestly, um, it's incredibly inspiring um, to see somebody who works so hard as him get everything that they deserve. Um, yeah, he's played for the longest, but he's also he also works the hardest. He also puts in the most time and all of those things that he's accomplishing, the passing records, the yards, um, the franchise records and all of that are all much deserved because it's the time that he puts in, the dedication that he has to the game, um, his competitive nature and all of those contributing factors that make him exactly who he is as a human, as a football player. And I think that that's, that's why you get those things. I always um, revert back to um, religion and my faith. And I think that um, God just blesses us if we're faithful to the things that he makes us rulers of. Um, and it says if you make you rule, rule over a few things and you take care of those things, then and he'll continue to bless you and give you more and more and more. And I think that's exactly what he did, starting from the very beginning of his career, how he approached the game and learned. And it wasn't given to him. He went out there and focused on what he worked on and earned every, every bit and every, and still people don't want to give him the respect um, with all the records that he have. They still don't want to, consider him the GOAT. There's other people in the conversation, but you're hearing it here that <laughs> he's the best to ever do it, and I don't even know if anybody can come behind him to top it. I love that. All right, well, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver Cyril Grayson, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, and I am joined by wide receiver Cyril Grayson. And right before the break, we were talking about Brady, and of course you threw in your vote for him being the GOAT. Um, so then to know that how highly you think of him, to know that he's had the kind of faith in you to be throwing you the ball at such key moments with you not having as much of a football background as so many other people, what has that meant to you? What has that said to you or, or even done for your own way that you look at yourself in your career? Um, I think that it's, I mean, it's, it's dope that I'm catching balls from Tom Brady. Um, I think other people remind me of that more than anybody, but also it's a Brady ball coming towards you, you know, so it's, they're, they're a little bit more important. You can't drop those. <laughs> um, I dropped one before, um, but you, you take care of those balls. And I think I just appreciate him for believing in me and 
continuing to coach me up and be hard on me at times and do what he does as a leader to bring out the best in me and in those key moments um, to be somebody who's able to make plays for him and continue to push the, to help push the team forward. I think that it's dope and you know as long as he's here hopefully I can stick around so we can continue to push my career forward and I can get better and learn as much as I can from from him. Another guy that I feel like all the time we're just talking about new and different records and breaking his own records is Mike Evans. Uh, now the only NFL player in history to start his career with eight 1,000 receiving yard seasons. And I, I just want to know, why do you think he's the guy that stands alone in this, that of all the incredible NFL wide receivers in the history of this game, what does that stat say about him? It says that everybody who always want to talk mess um, and say whatever they want, that he's washed and that he is who he is and that he's consistent and that he's a playmaker. He doesn't need all of the targets to get where he was um, or where he is. He scores 14 touchdowns, um, 13 last year maybe. He just broke his um, yep. um, franchise record. He's the GOAT too, you know. Yeah. He's a GOAT in his own right. He's a Hall of Famer in the making, and I, I, I mean, I love the guy as a person, the things that he do in the community, and I think just kind of how I talked about Tom, he deserves it because of how hard he works for it, um, and he's just continuing to be rewarded for his hard work. Yeah, and it's incredible because he does have these stats, like to your point, that it's touchdowns and it's yards for him to have such crazy stats with both of those things. That um, so he's the only guy that's done the thousand yards for the eight straight to start his career. But there's only five other guys that have done it at any point in their career eight straight times, and it's names like Jerry Rice and Torrey Holt and Marvin Harrison, these crazy names. And then yeah, now he's he's got the second most multi-touchdown games in the NFL since coming in. Why is he able to be so successful at both things? And I think there are a lot of guys that could get yards, or there are guys that are some good end zone threats. What makes him, as a wide receiver, able to do both of those things so well? Um, his attitude, his approach, um, his confidence that he's, he's better than the DB. And when the ball's in the air, it's his. And he takes care of, he, he wants to make the quarterback look good. It's, it's our job to make him look good. So it's the the hours in the off season and all of those things. I think that's what, what makes Mike Mike. And what is it like to have him as the leader of the wide receiver room? To have had a guy like that here from the moment you came in, um, that there is so much that happens, you know, in a locker room and in a meeting room and you guys spend so much time together. What kind of influence does he have on that room and the tone that he sets? I think everybody in the room wants to be like Mike, hmm. be like Mike. Forget Michael Jordan, we, yeah. got, we got Mike. We want to be like Mike. Um, not necessarily um, play exactly like him because I think everybody knows their role and the type of receiver that they are, but everybody wants to have a career where they have eight consecutive thousand yard seasons and catch for 10 plus touchdowns in a season. And it's also 
encouraged me when he approached. He's he's like a, a kid. I mean, he's the same age as me, <laughs> but he's been in the league for eight years, and I've been in the league for five. Um, but he's been doing it at a high level for a long time. So when he's giving you advice and when you see how he approached the game, it makes you um, approach it with a certain type of seriousness. But like Mike, but he's also a fan of the game and he um, loves it in the way that a kid loves it. Um, so I think that helps when somebody's like that, when you're getting too tight on yourself, you can look at Mike and be like, all right, I need to relax. Um, but whenever you're getting a little too loose, you're like, all right, Mike's taking this serious. Let me take this serious. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what it is. Yeah, we're talking to wide receiver Cyril Grayson. Um, and another guy that's such a leader in that room, Chris Godwin. What was it like to, to know that you guys lost him for the rest of the year and, and the reaction to that? And just what, what he brings to this offense that, that people may not always appreciate? Chris is another great human. I like to talk about that because um, we always talk in football and I think it's just sometimes on the outside people forget that they're humans um, and he's just a, a great individual, um, humble. I met Chris the year right before I came to Tampa or maybe it was Maybe it was after both of our rookie season. We started training in Dallas together, and we met. And I can kind of see that, how he worked. He was just coming off of a um, good, maybe, rookie season or something like that. Put together a decent, it was either his rookie season or his sophomore season, second year. And he was just working so hard, and he was talking about what he wanted. And then I end up over here, and he like, oh, Cyril, or whatever. I'm like, Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So um, to see how he works in the off season, like in person, and then seeing him get everything that he deserves, catching 90-something balls, um, and just blocking the way that he does, and him really focusing on the small things, how he played multiple positions, playing on the inside, the outside, um, how he knows the defenses, and all of that. He just brings so much to the game. He's a leader in the room. A younger guy in age, definitely wise beyond his years in football. Um, he's a smart player, and he's also one of those encouragers who just constantly encourage us. Even when things go wrong, he'll bring you back to like his little yoga stuff, namaste. Um, but he bring you back and he talks so softly and <laughs> he'll just tell you like, just look it all the way in. Don't, don't worry about <laughs> what just happened or whatever, just focus. And I think that it's, it's dope how you see different personalities and you probably wouldn't know what type of guy he is if you just watch how he played with the energy that he plays with. Um, so, Great leader, great player, and it sucks seeing him go down, especially knowing his situation, the year that he's in, trying to get to a big contract, and also us trying to make it to the Super Bowl and wanting our one of our leaders, one of our best guys, one of our five-star guys, and not having him out there just sucks, and also seeing how it affects him 
um, sometimes too. Yeah, for sure. And of course, for everybody listening, wondering why it is so loud, it is the beauty of the COVID <laughs> rules. We are outside by the practice field. They are doing all the things they need to do to keep the practice fields in good condition, which includes mowing. mowing. So no, it is not your radio. <laughs> I always like to tell people what's happening. So, um, and also just looking at, you talked about you starting to train and everything, of, and you, you mentioned Chris is blocking that it, I know Bruce Arians has talked about how important that's been for you getting on the field, that it's not just your speed, it's not just your wide receiver stuff. Um, do you feel like watching Chris was, was very helpful for you in learning kind of the type of wide receiver you needed to be to get on the field here? Um, yeah, I just honestly want to do anything I can do to help the team, whether it's block or not. Um, I think that's important for me, though. Um, being a quote-unquote track guy, although it's been a long time since I've been on the track, um, <laughs> I think that it's important to show that I'm not afraid to be physical, um, that I'm not afraid, um, that I'm willing to do um, the dirty work as well. You know, um, if you're not like the first top one or two guys, you have to play special teams. And so I think special team experience helps me with um, being willing to block and um, take on contact with um, my open mind and willing heart. Because um, sometimes those guys are big, but, <laughs> and you know, sometimes you get in good position and sometimes you just gotta throw yourself <laughs> And the, those big guys. In front of the train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, let's die slow, yeah. you know. Um, but I think that's what it's all about. So watching Chris and how he go and block those big guys and get down there in the trenches, um, I'm like, that's what Chris do? Okay, coach. If that's what you want me to do, let me go. Um, and I think it's, it's funny sometimes just because I'm, I'm not that big on the football field. So to see me going down there, lining up, <laughs> with those big offensive linemen and defensive linemen and linebackers and big safeties and having to go and wreck with them. You know, you just prepare yourself to be a little sore the next day. Um, it'll be all right. It's football. Um, but I think that's what, that's why we play football. It kind of get a little bit of that steam off of us that we can't release in the real world sometimes. That's great. I love it. Well, we still have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver Cyril Grayson. Brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access continues. Brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver Cyril Grayson. And we were talking about, before the break, your willingness to block and do the dirty work. And thankfully, your willingness to do all of that led for you to be on the field to get a game winner against the Jets to get I mean you've just made some huge huge plays this season in your snaps that you've gotten as a wide receiver so take me through uh, some of those big moments and, and what it was like for you and, and just how it's changed things for you since then even with fan reaction and, and your life. Yeah I think um, kind of starting off I don't know what week it was back when we played the Saints you know, it was a good play, and reflecting on it, I I love the play that I made um, in the Saints game. At the moment, it was kind of hard being super positive about it, and I think the loss kind of um, overshadowed it for me a little bit. But 
looking back on it, getting my first touchdown, and it being a, such a big play at the moment, thinking it was going to be a game winner. Um, and against your hometown team. And against my hometown team in front of um, fans who um, I was familiar with, um, a place where I was a fan, um, and my family being there. and. So yeah, you wanted to be the, the villain for your hometown team. Yeah, I wanted to be the villain um, for the hometown team, but it is what it is. They're not in the playoffs, we are. Um, and we still have some time to go, but that was a big moment for me. Um, it gave me the confidence and encouragement that the things that I've been working for are coming into fruition. And then the weeks leading up to Carolina, Carolina? That was the next game mm -hmm. that I played? Yeah, yeah. Carolina. Um, the very first week where I wasn't active again because like being a player, I'm like, man, I just made a play and now mm -hmm. I'm not playing anymore. It was kind of rough for me. Um, I had to mentally tell myself that, you know, my time is coming. Just continue to prepare and work with the team and do whatever I need to do and whatever I can to help the team in that way. And so just a lot of positive self-talk and telling myself who I am at my best. Those were moments that I had to do. And then preparing, getting that out of my mind and continuing to prepare and myself um, as an individual, but also help the defense get ready for the opponents that we were playing, then helped me get that out of my um, mind and spirit so that I can be positive about what was to come. And then we get to the Panthers game and I get the first play, the first, well, the play that helped spark, which was a blocking play. And that play just gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and yeah, you get Keyshawn's 55-yard touchdown and yeah. you playing a big part in it, that's pretty incredible. That was so dope to see him score first, but I, I said this in a previous interview, I felt like I scored, like yeah. I ran down there. I was so excited for him and that my hustle helped him get into the end zone. That was, that was very exciting. And then we came back and I had um, a what, 62 yard catch that <laughs> I let a guy run me down, but I thought I, thought I had the end zone like I didn't think he was chasing me like that, so yep. to my defense. <laughs> um, I bet that didn't work real well with your coaches in the film room as a defense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, say, I know them enough to know that that, that doesn't, that may have yeah, been Yeah, and everybody else giving me a hard figured, time talking yeah. about, I thought you were a track uh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, Nothing like, worse than it is a track guy getting yeah, caught from getting behind. Yeah, getting caught from behind. <laughs> um, so that was that was dope um, to contribute and block the way that I did, and I think every game and every snap I, I'll say it get you get more and more confidence and more clarity, and then kind of just going from that game to the Jets game, being able to contribute the way that I did, um, scoring the winning touchdown that was very exciting as well, and then all the fans um, who 
are coming along and pushing my name and all of that stuff is very exciting. Sometimes like overwhelming just because it happened so fast, but um, definitely grateful for all of that. And it helps um, when everybody is on your side and want to call you the hero and stuff like that. But I think it's also important to not allow that to get in your head and boost you up so high to the point where maybe something happened. Like the higher you boost yourself, you know, the harder and longer that fall is too. <laughs> so um, just kind of staying in that um, humble area, knowing that um, you've been somewhere before and then you can be back there, but constantly also trying to grow and continue to make the fans and yourself and your team and happy along with getting the wins and stuff like that. I think that's my mindset and that's how I approach those big moments and those things that's happened in the um, previous weeks. We're talking to wide receiver Cyril Grayson, and you know we've we've mentioned your your track background a few times. I figured we we definitely would get more into that now. And I also wanted to, it's so funny. Everybody just talks about you as a track guy, and like you didn't have football experience, but you did play in high school. And not only that, did I see that you had the single season receiving record for your high school until it was actually broken by none other than Jamar Chase? Yeah. Um. That's not too shabby if you're going to have it beaten by somebody. It seems like he's 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 fairly good at right? this football he's a, thing. He's a good he's a good football player, um, and man, he's having a, a great season. But yeah, um, I was a I was a good football player in high <laughs> school. Um, really good. Yeah. There's some highlights <laughs> up there that you can um, go and watch. I've been a good football player since I was four years old, leading my pee wee teams. Yeah to um, championships and <laughs> I was a quarterback um, most of that time and then I actually had what the I had the career the career record at my high school and I only played receiver full-time my senior year so I did all of that in one year in one year um, and then Jamar Chase obviously came and killed it. We had another guy, Stephen Dunbar, who came behind me. He was, I think, a freshman or a sophomore when I was a senior. He had a really good career there as well. He ended up going play at Houston and went to the league and played for San Fran. He just went to the Grey Cup. Yeah, um, so you guys produced some, some So people. we got some good talent um, yeah. down there, Archbishop Rommel. Um, shout out to the Raiders. Go Raiders. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was a good good yeah, run so in high school. Experience. I got some football experience, yeah. but honestly, like when I started hearing the plays and stuff, when I very first got into back into the league, well, into the league, I was like, man, what? <laughs> what what have are I done? they? What are they? What are they saying? <laughs> what does this mean? It sounded like a different language. Um, the speed of the game was so much different. Um, and just being away from it for so long, mechanics were not sharp at all. Still sharpening up on some things, um, but it's, it's been a journey. It's been a marathon, um, and it's been worth it. Um, proving to myself that I still have what I had when I was in high school, and that I can compete at the highest level and contribute. So 
Yeah, high school football. I, I wasn't just a track guy in high school. <laughs> I played football, I played basketball, ran track. If I if track wasn't at the same time as baseball, I maybe would have tried, tried that baseball. Too. Yeah. You had so many things. All right, so then now tell, take us through your track career a little bit. Um, track. So I started off when I was young. I think recently my mom and dad reminded me that I wasn't 12 years old when I went to Hershey. I was like eight or nine when I went to Hershey, and that was like the very first, like, world stage track meet or at least U.S. track meet that I went to. I was like one of eight or eight to 12 guys in America that made wow. um, that event. And ever since then, I was, I would always run like an age up in track and I would win. And in middle school, I was good. And then high school, I think my freshman year was the only year I didn't win a state championship in track. Wow. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll have to go back and check. But 400, 800, um, I competed in the relays. Wow, so you weren't even just a sprinter. You did, you did even mid-distance. Yeah, mid I did distance. some mid-distance. Yeah. I went 148 or 149 in the um, 800. I ran it one time. Um, in college, I went 47-1 in high school in the 400. Then I ended up going 45-9 in the open in the 400 in college. And then, obviously, like the NCAA championships that we won, I was blessed to be on a great team, guys who are still running, complete, competing for their countries. And we was able to win four national championships. It's um, incredible. Two indoors and then two outdoors. My senior year, we went undefeated. We didn't lose a race in the relay. And it was nothing that nobody can do to beat us. We were, yeah, man. We were really, we were really, we were really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we was gonna break the um, national record that year, but we just, we just couldn't beat it. I don't know if it was the competition wasn't pushing us to get that record or what it was, but <sighs> we couldn't get it. It is what it is. It is what it is. We won the, we won, it, we won the championship. Yeah, I think you did okay for that. So yeah, you go from multi-national champion in track to football and you actually wanted to play football in college but there was just basically some weird scholarship rules that's the only reason you didn't even get a chance to play at LSU right um yeah weird 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 stuff um but I understand the protection rules that they put in for teams that like to cheat and sign golf scholarships to football players and stuff like that so I understand the reasoning for it, but being a guy that really wanted to do both. Yeah, that wasn't the um, spirit of the rule. Yeah. That's a bummer. Exactly. So So how did you go from you tried to play for LSU, couldn't because of the scholarship different rules. How do you end up getting to go to the LSU Pro Day? Um, it was it was because I, I built relationships with those guys over there at football. And whenever I started training I was going to do like a bunch of CFL workouts because I'm like okay I didn't play college football 
let's see if we can at least get our foot in the door doing some CFL stuff and then maybe we can get some good film and then eventually make it to the NFL. And so I went to my very first workout, um, killed it. Um, and then I was getting kind of invites to go to other CFL workouts and stuff like that. And then I kind of remembered that the pro day was going to come and some of the guys were asking me, are you going to go to this pro day? Are you going to go to the pro day? And I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can get in. And so I went to the guys and asked them, can I get in? And one of the guys was like, no. And then I went to one of the other guys and he was like, we're going to see. And then I talked to a guy who I was training with who had a relationship with those guys. And they let him know, like, he's training with me or whatever. And they were like, okay, we'll they knew let you him were in. They were serious about it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was able to get in and I just started preparing. Just kind of, in a way, in the form of training, like I was training for track so that I can be in peaking season, but not the same type of workouts. Um, so I got the pro day and... I guess I did what I was supposed to do because Yeah, running a four three three, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, four three three, fast shuttle, jumped high, lift the benched a bunch of times, maybe like thirteen or fourteen. Bench press for two twenty five. Yeah, so that's not, it was that's pretty not good. Not, not too, too shabby. shabby. Um and so Seattle took a chance on me. They flew me out the next day and put a contract in front of me. And I couldn't say no, so yeah. So here you are. So here we are. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver Cyril Grayson, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with wide receiver Cyril Grayson. Uh, we just talked about how you were able to get from the track star at LSU to getting a contract with the Seahawks, but... It's not like, oh, and then I got signed with the Seahawks and everything, you know, was just perfect. After that, you ended up with six different NFL teams. Did you tell me about this bouncing around? And at any point, did you think, okay, this is just not worth it? Bouncing around is probably the hardest part of the game when you're not sticking anywhere. But you also, because it happened to me so early, you realize that, it's, it's kind of a normal thing for people to move around and roster moves to happen all throughout the season. There's so many moving parts. People get hurt. You have to bring in other people. I think the, the hardest part about bouncing around the league is not being stable, mm. having to move, having to stay in hotels, short-term leases, breaking leases, not getting, being able to know the city. Um, but the experience of each team teaches you something. The culture in every team is so different. The coaches, the people, is so different, but it's also, um, great experiences maybe after this you'll know like where you want to live i yeah. lived in seattle in chicago you know um new orleans I'm, although i'm from there in houston 
um, and you figure out maybe where you want to settle down. So you just kind of take the good with the bad. Um, but eventually you get somewhere like Tampa where it's nice and pretty outside <laughs> all year long. It's January, it's 80 degrees with a little breeze. You can go to the beach um, and you stick here for three years and eventually you stick and those are the things that you feel like man I'm glad I continued that journey I'm glad when I was sitting at home in between the Saints and the practice squad of Dallas that I didn't give up in those moments you know sometimes you do feel like like you you question like is it over but then you get like a call or you go to a workout and you hear like the scouts and the GMs tell you, you know, like everything that you were doing was good. And so I'm like, okay, like, but then I've started to think that they're lying to me. Because <laughs> you're Sometimes, because <laughs> I'm like, well, if everything I was doing was good, <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so um, I think for the people, the guys who are thinking about the league, um, it's a journey sometimes. It's not gonna always be as glamorous as our dreams when we were little kids of making it to the NFL looked. Um, because it's it's not that, it's not just playing on Sundays and making a lot of money. It's the hours of working out. It's sometimes the cuts and being at home sometimes, but it's the constant belief in yourself that you can and that you belong in the place where you dreamed about. Whether it's pretty, whether it's given to you on a silver platter, or whether you have to bust your butt um, every day, even when you're in it, to stay in it, um, that it, it's worth it because it was what you was dreaming about and it's that the thing that you wanted most. So. Uh, so go after it, and sometimes you're going to want to give up on your dream. But if you give up on your dream, then what do you have? I love that. We're, we'll close with this. We just have a few seconds left. But tell me, Eagles defense, looking forward to this next game. What do you remember from that first matchup and what the team's going to have to really focus on this next week? Eagles defense, they have a good front front um, line, and um, they're – a little young, I think, on the defensive backside. Well, they have some. They have experience too. It's a good mix between experience and um, young guys. So I think that we put together our game plan and go out there and do what we did. If our defense puts up a good fight and the offense uh, do what we need to do to get the win. Awesome. Well, Cyril, thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome getting to hear more about your story, and we've just loved watching you uh, take the world by storm these last few weeks. Uh, so thank you again for coming on, and good luck rehabbing the injury. Thank you, Casey. All right, thanks for listening. This has been Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.